You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey guys, this is Bud Elliott, and welcome to the College Football Daily. Your normal host and editor, Trey Scott, is traveling, so I'm filling in on this fine Monday morning for you. Uh, we'll have plenty of coverage of the New York Six Bowls and the National College Ball Playoff semifinals this week. But for this morning, I, I wanted to kind of go over some news that you might have missed over the Christmas holiday. Uh, so let's just focus on stuff that happened really in the last three or four days here over the weekend. And mostly focus on, on, on player news. If you watched the Bowls, you saw what happened in the Bowls. So I, I want to focus here pretty much on some stuff that happened with player news. Guys returning, guys turning pro, guys entering the transfer portal, guys finding destinations in the transfer portal and of course a little recruiting talk because this is as always 24 7 sports so with that i think that the biggest news that i saw over the weekend impacting the sport of college football was Derek king the miami quarterback electing to return to school this this is actually a really big deal for miami the Hurricanes fell a little bit short of some of their the goals that their fans had for them this year, but this is by far the best season that Miami's had in quite a while, even though it was a COVID year. And, and I really think King helped to jumpstart that offense uh, in a number of ways. His, his legs were huge. He was able to scramble. He was able to be used as a designed runner. And he did a pretty good job throwing the football uh, relative to his skill set and some of his talents and limitations. And of course, in Miami's receiving core, which was a bit lacking and underdeveloped somewhat this year. He really fit nicely with offensive coordinator Rhett Lashley. I think he did a great job for the Hurricanes. And him coming back allows Miami to maybe take that next step on offense. And we'll see if the defense can also keep pace uh, next year. But to me, having Deer King, it helped Miami win the games that it should win. In previous years, there were kind of two factions. There was, hey, what... Why isn't Miami winning the biggest of games? Why aren't they beating Clemson? Why aren't they winning national titles? And and the first step actually is, hey, why isn't Miami winning these games it should be winning? Why isn't Miami winning the games in which it is favored? And to the extent that you want to take the results of a COVID season to heart and, and really you know act like they matter, I think you can say that King was a huge part of Miami winning the games it was supposed to win. And that, that's an important step to take. They've done a nice job recruiting the quarterback position now in signing Jake Garcia, but I very much doubt he's going to be ready as a true freshman. So getting King back for another year, a second year in coordinator Rhett Lashley's system is just a huge deal for the Hurricanes. All right, now let's go ahead and talk about some guys who are leaving. And I want to focus here solely on guys who are our juniors or redshirt sophomores who are leaving. I, I don't want to really focus on the seniors who are electing to forgo their bonus senior year that the NCAA granted them uh, based on the COVID protocol, uh, simply because there's just too many of those to name. But here are the guys who are going pro, uh, who I believe are juniors or redshirt sophomores, who have made their decisions uh, known in the past, I think, three or four days for most of these dudes. So speaking of Miami, they're actually losing both pass rushers in Jalen Phillips and Quincy Roche. Those two dudes had a really nice year for them, Phillips in particular, was once the number one overall recruit on 24-7 sports, chose UCLA, didn't work out there, kind of drifted away from the game of football, drifted back into the game, transferred to Miami, got his mind right, got his body right, got out, got back out on the field. Now, I was happy to see him dominate 
for the Hurricanes this year. Roche, of course, the, the, the transfer from Temple uh, last year did a nice job for Miami uh, as well. The Hurricanes will cer- certainly be looking to upgrade their pass rush. They, they also had, had Greg Rousseau, who opted out of the season uh, before it even started, but that leaves a bit of a hole for Miami. Like we mentioned before, quarterback Derek King may need to step up and, and carry maybe a little bit more of the load. Sticking with pass rushers, I thought Penn State, Jason uh, Owe, big-time defensive end for them, maybe hasn't totally reached his ceiling yet at the college level, but his his measurables, his newness to the game, his athleticism, and, and his, his size will all, I think, probably pop for NFL scouts. So him deciding to go pro uh, is certainly something that I'm sure Penn State fans wish he wouldn't have done. Uh, but for him, you can see why an NFL team would invest a, a decent draft pick in him, you know, despite the fact that he didn't have incredible college numbers, just you know, merely good ones at times. Uh, speaking of a guy who has great number, or excuse me, great measurables, uh, but but lacks the the actual production, Josh Kando, another pass rusher here from Florida State, went to Florida State, five star recruit out, out of high school. I remember you know watching him at the Under Armour All America game, being wowed by Lavar Arrington as, as he beat a bunch of guys. Ultimately, struggled to stay healthy for a lot of his career. You know, sustained another injury this year to start the year against Georgia Tech and uh, flashed at times, but really, really wasn't productive. But he's another guy. If he gets if he gets healthy, he could easily be someone who didn't do any, anything really in college but pops at the next level. So that would be one to keep an eye on there if, if you're an NFL team wants to have a late draft pick. And, and that means both of Florida State's starting defensive ends, much like Miami, uh, except without the production, are, are now gone on to the NFL as well. Uh, best wishes to Kendo, who in high school told me he wanted to be an orthopedic surgeon and has a lot going for him off the field as well. Uh, and then finally, Zayvon Collins. Zayvon Collins of, of Tulsa. If you haven't watched much Tulsa this year, offensively, you didn't miss out. Tulsa was a hard watch, uh, but they did have a, a very strong year, especially by their standards. Couldn't quite beat Cincinnati there in, in the AAC title game. But Zayvon Collins is a reek of a defensive end and they list him as a linebacker but I mean he's a pass rusher who can drop into coverage I think he could probably end up playing that three four outside linebacker role in the NFL and, and somebody who I was very impressed by in, in watching a lot of the games there in the AAC this season we also got news on, on two running backs who decided to go pro early first Javante Williams of North Carolina that will leave UNC I believe without its top three running backs entering the bowl game against Texas A&M, as well as a couple other opt-outs for the Tar Heels. Williams is part of probably the best one-two running back combo in the country, along with Michael Carter. Uh, and, and so UNC had a very nice year, couldn't quite make it to that AAC championship game, or excuse me, ACC championship game, rather. But still, he's an excellent running back. And then Jamar Jefferson, if you stay up late to watch Pac-12 after dark, you've certainly seen him for Oregon State, a guy very productive, hard runner, uh, I'll be interested to see what he runs at the combine, assuming he makes it to the combine. But a guy who it was all, all kinds of fun to watch in college, very competitive, and my guess is he makes an NFL roster. Linebacker Nick Bolton for Missouri is going to go pro, super productive. I believe he was preseason all SEC, if I recall. And then cornerback Greg Newsom of Northwestern, a uh, junior who helped anchor Northwestern secondary this year. He's also turning pro. The College Ball Daily will be back after these messages. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, guys, so let's go ahead and keep with the trend of player news over the last 72, 96 hours. Let's talk a little transfer portal. So here's a couple schools who picked up guys in the last couple days. Names you might, you might recognize, especially if you follow college football and recruiting. So Memphis ended up with a pair of transfer prospects in quarterback Grant Gannell from Arizona. He had a nice career in Arizona at times, struggled at other times, was once committed to Texas A&M and Kevin Sumlin, so naturally he followed Sumlin out there you know, to the desert. But now with Sumlin's dismissal at Arizona, makes sense he might want to find a new home. Memphis has a pretty good history of transfer quarterbacks, including one from Arizona State in Brady White. So we'll see what Gannell's able to do there. At Memphis, And then for Michigan State, Devontae Dobbs, uh, big-time recruit as a lineman. Things haven't worked out there so far, so he's going to go ahead and transfer to Memphis. I'm intrigued by this next one. So Utah picked up quarterback Jaquindon Jackson at Texas. My co-host on the Barton and Bud podcast and 24-7 Sports National Director of Scouting, Barton Simmons, was pretty high on Jackson's kind of do-it-all ability in high school. Uh, I, I liked him too. And now he's going to go ahead and transfer to Utah. And of course, all these guys are immediately eligible as transfers. So there, there is no sitting out by rule. I mean, they might sit out just because they get beat out, but at this point you're eligible immediately. So I'm interested to see what Utah does with Jackson. Uh, the Utes have had several transfer quarterbacks in a row and, and they're, they're going to look to keep it rolling there with Jackson. I, I think if you think about what Utah did when it had Tyler Huntley using quarterback mobility a bit more rather than the dropback stuff they had this year when, when Bentley was playing in there at times. This could work out. So we'll keep an eye on that. Just a little thing to, to jot down in your notebook for the offseason when you're going through these teams, especially if, you, you know, if you're the type of person that makes their own power ratings or just kind of wants to preview all the conferences in your head or whatever. Jackson, Utah is something to watch. Florida State picked up a defensive end commit named Jermaine Johnson out of Georgia. He uh, could help the Seminoles quite a bit. As I mentioned before, FSU lost Josh Kando, and they are they also lost Janarius Robinson, their two starting defensive ends. And while those guys were not very productive this year, uh, which limited FSU's defense, obviously, they were still playing over the other guys, which doesn't speak very well of their backups. So Jermaine Johnson from Georgia wasn't a full-time starter for the Bulldogs, but did get some pass rush pressure for them. Uh, he comes over, have to think that the, uh, the connection between Mike Norvell and Dan Lanning, who, who were on a staff together at one point, May have played a role in that, uh, the familiarity, and certainly the playing time that FSU has to sell. Playing time also a sell for the Knowles, getting uh, cornerback Jarquez McClellan out of Arkansas. Didn't start for them this year. Did start prior year, so we'll see what the Seminoles are able to do with him. SMU landed a quarterback whose name you'll probably remember in Tanner Mordecai. Tanner Mordecai coming from Oklahoma, SMU has a good history recently with quarterback transfers from the Big 12, most notably Shane Bouchelle, who came over from Oklahoma rival Texas. And then USC picks up a name you'll almost certainly remember if you follow recruiting, Xavier Alford, who was one of the top defensive back recruits in the state of Texas. Uh, he signed with Texas, and now he's transferring out there to USC. Finally here, a note on recruiting. Uh, Alabama 
there have been two four-star commits to commit in the last couple days. Both of them picked the Tide. That's four-star running back Kamar Wheaton and four-star offensive guard Jaden Roberts. Wheaton out of Texas, as is Roberts. Alabama doing an excellent job in the state of Texas this year. They beat out Oklahoma for Wheaton and in the end, and then uh, on signing day, Jaden Roberts actually decommitted from Auburn, where he was committed, and then ultimately around Christmas, he committed to the Tide. Pretty sure Alabama is, is just about full up on spots, uh, and if they are, they have done a tremendous job. So, so good, in fact, that they are going to finish one point shy, just one point shy of the all-time highest-rated recruiting class ever. That would, of course, be 2010 Florida, which was Urban Meyer's last big-time class there for the Gators. That class had 324.6 points. This Alabama class right now, 323.6, so they are only one point off. Nick Saban's class has seven five-stars, 15 four-stars. I don't know when Nick Saban's going to retire. I don't think it's going to be anytime soon, and I definitely don't think it's going to be before this class gets on campus and he has a chance to see this amount of talent. This is the most talented class, on paper at least, that Saban has ever signed, according to our 24-7 sports rating formula. And that, that says something. So they, they the Tide have hit, hit the, the recruiting trail hard, favorites to win the national championship again, and that all starts with recruiting. And it really helps to have a guy like Saban at the top who famously complained that playing in the national championship put him behind the eight ball in recruiting some years ago. All right, I feel like that's a pretty good update. Not a whole lot of college football stuff happening over Christmas, and yet we still got 15 minutes out of this. A couple player updates. Keep it locked on 247sports.com. Can't wait to see what we have coming this week on the College Ball Daily. Late Kick with Josh Pate, 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Show, and, of course, the Barton and Bud Show. Also check out our sister podcast on CBS, Cover 3 Show. With that, Trey Scott will be back tomorrow. moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.